Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My co-host is my friend Sean. Good day. And today we're discussing chapter 27 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. In chapter 27, Fanny goes up to her room, the East Room, and finds Edmund there. He gives her a necklace. She is overwhelmed. He convinces her she still has to wear Miss Crawford's necklace. Then she has a bad day, the day of the ball, because Mrs. Norris is being Mrs. Norris. Then she runs into Edmund. He says, I've asked Miss Crawford for the dances, and I'm upset because she's not going to dance with a clergyman. I'm not going to be a clergyman soon. But then he says lovely things about how important she and Fanny are both to him. Then Fanny goes and gets dressed. Her aunt sends her servant to help her, and I missed out the bit that Mr. Crawford has offered to take William to London with him, and he will get to meet the Admiral. Fanny refers to Miss Crawford's necklace as a doubtful good. Sounds a bit like an economics paint though, doesn't it? But she's so excited to run into Edmund, who is leaving her a necklace, and he wants her to consider it a token of the love of one of your oldest friends. And she's so overwhelmed. Then goes, no, don't leave, don't leave. And then opens the necklace, looks at it and goes, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want. Because Edmund, of course... He knows her likes and dislikes. He also knows the cross, so he knows what would go with it. He says, I have no pleasure in the world superior to that of contributing to yours. Because she keeps trying to say thank you. And he's like, if this is all, i got to go. But she says, I want to consult you. Tells him about Mary's cross. And he is struck with the circumstance So delightful with what Miss Crawford had done. So gratified by such a coincidence of conduct between them. Isn't Miss Crawford wonderful? And Fanny's like, I really wish I hadn't said anything. Can you possibly focus on me now? (laughs) Because he keeps going off into little reveries of thoughts of Mary Crawford. He convinces Fanny that it would be mortifying Miss Crawford severely if Fanny returns the necklace and we were discussing whether he would have given the same advice if the necklace had come from someone else. It is a very hypothetical question isn't it because who else would have given her one? Mrs Norris? My goodness she'd be more inclined to throw it round her neck and strangle her. Edmund goes off in one of his reveries about the wonderful Mary Crawford how she and Fanny are so similar. He's totally besotted he's that sort of in love with someone who's a very... She has given him a lot of attention. And as a younger son, he wouldn't have probably got a lot of attention before. Even when Tom came on the scene, she didn't immediately swap. She enjoyed his attention more than Tom's. But it's the parson thing. Cannot get over that. Edmund tells Fanny to make a sacrifice rather than give pain to one who is being so studious of your comfort. That is really, really pulling on Fanny's heartstrings. This is how she lives her life. She is constantly sacrificing for other people's comfort. That's what she's learned to do. It's a learned behaviour. He wins her over by talking about how important she and Miss Crawford are to him. I would not have the shadow of a coolness between the two whose intimacy I've been observing with the greatest pleasure, and then as you were saying, whose characters, there is so much general resemblance and true generosity and natural delicacy, between the two dearest objects I have on earth. This is so painful for her, but also so delightful. It's referred to as a stab. 
He loves her, but not in the way she wants to be loved. And to be compared to Miss Crawford. Who she sees far more honestly than he does. Her faults are what they had ever been, but he saw them no longer. Could she believe Miss Crawford to deserve him? But then she goes into self-flagellation because she's Fanny. It was her intention, as she felt it to be her duty, to try to overcome all that was excessive, all that bordered on selfishness and her affection for Edmund. It refers to her humility. To think of him as Miss Crawford might be justified would, in her, be insanity. It's wrong for me to feel this way about him. Yes, I have no right. She could have been quite vindictive. She could have said or revealed a lot more. She knows she's not unbiased, so therefore she also distrusts her sense of judgment around it. So even though she sees these things and she's anxious, she also thinks that Edmund is so wonderful that Mary may well be able to change to be ideal for him. Because she is an intelligent girl and she has been very good to her. Yes, not not until the other sisters have gone, but she has been company and enjoyable at times. She's not only older, Mary Crawford, but she's also much more worldly. So from Fanny's perspective, she seems more knowledgeable and she's just a country cousin, really. So Edmund's left at this point as Fanny is doing her self-flagellation and trying to get her feelings Mm. in line. And she seizes upon the letter from Edmund. (laughs) The only thing approaching to a letter which she'd ever received from him she might never receive another and she treasures it potentially more than the necklace itself but of course when Edmund's been away he would probably be writing to his father and then his father would share the letters and that would be how the correspondence between the family would probably go which is quite sad considering how close he is with Fanny. Fanny would have been a young child when he was away at school he would have written to his parents He and Fanny actually would have had a lot of time apart while he was at school. William is about to leave, and he's leaving half a day earlier than planned so he can drive with Mr. Crawford to London, which he thinks is going to be great. Fanny is excited on two counts. William's going to have a break. He's going to have a much better trip of it. And she also has pleasure from Mr. Crawford being himself to go away. Two birds with one stone. (laughs) She wants him gone. She is not interested. Then it comes for the day of the ball. In the minds of the women in the neighbourhood, Fanny is thought of as the queen of the evening. But she has no idea that everybody sees it this way, and it would have lessened her comfort by increasing the fears she already had of doing wrong and being looked at. It also again displays the neglect of the older women in the family. They have not told her this is going to be your coming up or this is the way you need to behave. These are the things you need to do. You know, and not until towards the end of the chapter does her Aunt Bertram really think about it. But Mrs Norris, meanwhile, is being her, her usual... Nuisance self? Yes. Mrs Norris was cross because the housekeeper would have her own way with supper. Fanny couldn't avoid Mrs Norris like the housekeeper could. Mm. And it ruins Fanny's day, the day of the ball. She runs into Edmund as she's going up the stairs and she's tired. And she doesn't really want to have a conversation with him because he's just been to the parsonage. He looked so conscious, but Fanny could think but of one errand, which turned her too sick for speech. 
she thinks he has gone to the parsonage to ask Miss Crawford to marry him. Because realistically, he probably would not have discussed that with Fanny before going and doing it. He's upset about the conversation and keeps justifying Miss Crawford. I know her disposition to be as sweet and faultless as your own, again comparing the two. She does not think evil, but she speaks it. It grieves me to the soul. But sometimes it does appear more than manner. It appears as if the mind itself was tainted. Fanny's so careful about how she responds to him. I am not qualified for an advisor. If you only want me as a listener, I will be as useful as I can. A very mature approach because, let's be honest, it's very flattering to be asked for advice, even how ill-qualified you may be to give it. But she knows she's particularly ill-qualified. Because as you were saying before, she knows she can't be impartial. He flatters her again. You are the only being upon earth to whom I should say what I have said. But you have always known my opinion of her. How many a time have we talked over her little errors? But he still can't see them. A little buoyed by this conversation with Edmund, she goes to get dressed and has even better things happen because the necklace Miss Crawford has given her does not fit the cross. It does not go through the loop. Because it doesn't fit Fanny. So she unites the cross and the necklace and she felt how full of William and Edmund they were. And the two people that she loves most are joined in this way. Which is much nicer than the two people that Edmund loves most. But I wonder if that's put there on purpose to show the comparison. The two people he loves most, which are Fanny and Mary. She's talking about the two people she loves most, which yes. are William and Edmund. But she has no drawbacks against either of them. But he continues to have drawbacks against Miss Crawford. Mm. Lady Bertram sent Mrs Chapman her own personal maid to help Fanny. Which actually, that is amazing that Lady Bertram did that. That she even remembered there was a ball on. Well, she would have been getting ready for the ball herself. It is after she is herself ready when she sends Mrs Chapman, so that's true. Also, she had no longer use of her. There's no sacrifice on my part. She's done not even the bare minimum, but because she normally does nothing, we want to praise her for doing less than the bare minimum. Fanny could wear both necklaces, the chain from Edmund and the other one, even though it didn't fit the cross. The necklace really looked very well. And that's the distinction that Jane Austen uses. The one from Miss Crawford is a necklace. The one from Edmund is a chain. Because it was slightly ornamented. Whereas Edmund was like, you're going to want something very plain. And it's something that she'll be able to wear every day. Mr. Crawford, once again, he's doing the legwork. He probably has no reason to be going to London, but he saw a way that he could be useful. He could make an easier trip for William, and he could introduce William to the Admiral, which we know is going to bring things up later. Now, you could argue that this is all sort of machinations, but having said that, it does require effort on his part. The other bit I really like, though, is William. He's just enjoying himself in a holiday. He's out there shooting on his last day with the other young men. He's not deserted Fanny by any means, and she doesn't begrudge him his time. It's a great opportunity for him to meet the Admiral, and Crawford is, he's doing a good thing. And I think that's what's so frustrating 
He has the capacity. We never saw him make a lot of effort with Mariah or Julia. He's actually making effort with Fanny that he didn't have to with them. I don't know whether that's because Fanny was so against him, he really felt he had to pull out all stops, or whether there was no opportunity to do anything for the other two because they already had everything that they wanted. He didn't have to try very hard with them, just be there and charm their little socks off. Whereas with Fanny, he has to work. He works through those mechanisms that he knows will have an impact, particularly her brother. And he is astute enough to know that he should give the necklace through Mary. Through Mary. Could she have kept quiet about it? Yes, she could have done. And perhaps should have done. I think she's just too excited. That is our summary of Chapter 27 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading.